0: So this uh this week has been an interesting week. Um uh, I thought everything would be just fine in preparing for this sermon and uh thought that uh you know I could do this and um with the, all the family coming into town and that kind of stuff and then um at work we had a big project happening, you know, uh, Sherm's put in their first set of self-checkouts and and I know that Though it's kind of mixed feelings on those things, you know, some people really like them and some people don't like them at all. And uh, just so you know, at Sherm's, they are actually costing us more labor to have them than not. Because when you put in one set, you actually have to have more people to keep them running. It's when you put in multiple sets that that starts when you start saving labor. But anyways, beside the point, my boss got, uh, got sick and uh, who has organized this whole project. Guess who is next in line? (laughs) Me. (laughs) And so uh, I work in the IT department at Sherm's as my other job. And uh, so I got thrust into uh, having to take care of the whole project. I have been working 15 hour days uh, each day and uh, through the weekend and just because I was handling all the back-end setup as well and stuff. So it was just kind of was a crazy week. And so these first two slides I have for you, kind of speak to those. I was really feeling them this week, and uh, here's the first one. When I was a kid, bedtime was 9 p.m. I couldn't wait to be a grown-up so I could go to bed any time I wanted. Turns out that is 9 p.m. <laughs> so true. Back this week, I wanted to go home earlier. And when I felt like I was drowning this week, when you feel like you are drowning in life, don't worry, your lifeguard walks on water. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was just like really feeling those two this week, it's like save me Jesus. <laughs> um, so this morning we'll be turning to Matthew 13, and in this passage that I, I'll be speaking from, we get a combo deal, uh, a supersized... Or a biggie-sized version of the same truth. Do you guys remember those terms from the 80s and 90s? Get your biggie-sized drink and your combos. So this morning we get that in these two parables that we'll be sharing. Um, And Jesus is here before the multitudes. And uh, he's sharing these, these parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price. And yes, technically they are two separate parables. But they are the only two separate parables that land the airplane on the same field they come back to the same purpose and but they have a little bit different variation and they're kind of hitting a little different focus of people in each one but the players are the same the point is the same and the landing is the same and that's why i've titled the message this morning the parable the treasures plural it's the treasures plural so before we get into Matthew 13, let's read Matthew 13, 1. On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and the great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. Now parables is a multifunctional way of delivering truth. And when it approaches a willing heart and mind, it unlocks that willing heart and mind even more. It brings a new light. It opens up something fresh. And I just want to ask you today, are you willing to know the word of God even more today? Are you willing to open your heart even more? Are you willing to say to God today, here I am, use me. So the message is what Jesus thinks about you, about you and where you're going to finish in your race. And I'm going to share five points this morning about that, of what Jesus thinks about you. You'll see why in a moment, and it's a lot of fun to see what Jesus thinks about you. You. Sometimes we get a little bit nervous about what Jesus thinks about us. Uh, Sometimes I wonder what he thinks about me. But you know what? I'm reassured every day that I know what he thinks about me. So let's dive into it. Let's go to Matthew 13, verse 44. The parable of the hidden treasure. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like, like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it he goes and sells all that he he has and buys that field. The parable of the pearl of great price. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. When we talk about the kingdom of heaven, heaven. It is the rule and reign of the Messiahship of Jesus Christ in a person's life. And that is the number one thing to Jesus. The kingdom of God is is the opportunity for you to have the lordship of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning over your life. The gospel is to announce that That the kingdom of God is near you. And what's the whole thrust? And what's the whole finish to that? Is that the kingdom of God is near you. So open your heart and receive him and be saved. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what you want to be all about in your life. The offer of salvation is based on the very words of Jesus Christ himself, which he's fulfilling the very prophecies of God in the Old Testament. And he begins here. Now this morning you may have been a little confused when you came in and thought all the seats were saved. You had these papers all over the seats. Well, actually that was for you. I put... Each, my wife and I actually put each one of those papers on the seat. That's a verse for you. That's a verse for you, yeah. verse for you to, to take to heart, to study out, to see what God is saying to you. What is Jesus saying about you through this verse? And I'll explain a little bit more of that later. So in Exodus 19:3 through five, it says, and Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain saying, thus you say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the e- Egyptian and how I, I abhor you on eagle, eagle's wings and brought you to my cell. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Galatians 3:26 says, "For you are all sons of God through faith and Christ Jesus." Galatians 3:27 says, "For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Isn't that amazing? No matter who you are, you are heirs to the promise of the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.11 brought near by his blood. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once we're far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How does a Jew or how does a Gentile get to heaven? You have to be born again through Jesus Christ. God came to save the sinner, and that's what the Bible proclaims time after time of his love for you. So that brings us to point one. Oh, how you are loved, loved, loved. Don't let anyone misinterpret the parables for you because that's going to rob you of a great joy that comes from the parables. You know, when God speaks to us, the enemy likes to come in and tell us lies. Why? Because he wants to rob a great joy you. He wants to steal that seed that's being planted there. And that's if you go up further above this parable, it talks about the parable of the sower and the different seeds that were cast. So the, the enemy likes to come in and try to rob you. And I, I encourage you not to allow him to do that. Allow the seed that God is speaking to about how much he loves you be planted in your heart. Look at verse 44, your love, that's what the parable is communicating, Matthew 13, 44. and for joy over it, that is the treasure hidden in the field, verse 46, who when he had found one pearl of great price, the number one thing, what Jesus thinks about you, Jew or Gentile as that is that you are loved you are cherished you are loved by god in such a way that is beyond our scope and understanding of how much god loves you i remember one time as a youth pastor at covenant life my grandpa's church and we were having a youth meeting and we had some individual young kids come up and um Received salvation. That was the same meeting that Rachel got out of the nursery. Remember that, Aunt Debbie? And uh, the police officer had caught her on the street. Um, but anyways, and I had to leave the service. But anyways, there was a mo- I was just like, it was so joyful. This, this person had received Christ in their life. And Christ, God, at that moment, did two things. He said, feel my love for someone that is lost that has come home. It was so overwhelming, I had to say, God, whoa, back it up. <laughs> this is You're going to kill me here. <laughs> just, it was just so overwhelming. And he says, the second part, which I'll get to later in the sermon, is feel when I lose one of my children. Oh, that was so so even more unbearable than the, the love that he has for he is he loves you that much he doesn't want to lose you he loves you you are loved so much the bible tells us for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son god announces in the bible his great love for you and i what does jesus think about you He's the one giving the parable and gets very excited. He's he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, and it's like a treasure hidden in the field. We know we're already being introduced to what the field here, the field is the world. Jesus already told us that in the world there is a treasure that is hidden in the world, which a man found and hid. Who would be that man? The interpretation consistency. A man went out and sowed seed. Remember who that was? None other than the Lord himself. Remember the seed was the word of God. And the man Jesus is speaking of himself. Well then why does he hide it? In the first parable. Why does he hide it? He got it. He found it and he hid it. Why does he hide it? Well watch this. The word doesn't mean hide like Jesus found you and he wants to keep you under wraps and not let you come out. It speaks about a sovereignty of God and what he knows. In the earth for the last 2,000 years, God alone has known this with every generation of people. There are believers that to the mind of God, he already knows who they are. God already knows who they are. He knows in this generation who the believers are. Who's going to receive him? Who's going to accept him? Doesn't that get you excited? What are you supposed to do, though? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to preach to every creature because we don't don't know who it's going to be. We're supposed to share with everybody. Everybody. God knows who they are, and he's... He's ready, he's coming alongside them, but he likes to partner with us and he wants us to get out there and share about his kingdom. How does that play out in the parable when Jesus says they're hidden in the world? Think about the people that you're going to see saved in your ministry lifetime with the faithfulness to Christ that they're going to accept the Lord. It could be your grandma. It could be your child. As a parent, it's your job to, to bring forth the kingdom to your children. So they have the opportunity. Bring the kingdom alongside them daily, every day, and so that they have that opportunity to step into that kingdom. Partner with God. Bring that kingdom alongside them. It could be your child. It could be your neighbor. It could be your coworker. Bring the kingdom alongside them. God loves us. He's communicating his love for us. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that Jesus embraced the cross for the joy that was set before him. A little side note. Man, the joy of the Lord was strong in the prayer room this morning. Got me a little bit there (laughs) for a little bit. It was good. He really enjoyed God's joy. But Jesus embraced the cross for the joy that was set before him him. Do you ever think about that? Jesus never, did, never tried to get off the cross. He never tried to get out of it. I know if it was me, I'd be trying to get out of it. I, I wouldn't want to go through that. But Jesus, he never tried to get out of it. Jesus, in fact, said, when the time comes, I'm going to lay down my life. The Bible says that he never opened his mouth in defense John 3.16 as I mentioned a moment ago check this out for God so loved the world that's the field in the parable that he gave his only begotten son this is the price paid the gift given salvation he gave it all what did he do to purchase the field he gave it all what did he do to purchase the pearl he gave it all that whoever Whoever would be the pearls, the treasure, whether it be the treasure, believes on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is salvation. And it is precious. And that's what the Bible tells us. That when one sinner repents and comes to Christ in salvation, all the angels what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Do you know, just in our congregation alone through evangelism, for what we do know, over 200 people have come to the Lord this year. 200 times all of heaven was rejoicing at their homecoming. Uh, One of our brothers and sisters has come home to the Lord. They've accepted Christ into their life. God is 100% delighted over the fact that he would have come just to die on the cross if it was just Adam and Eve. He still would have come. He still would have sent his son just for Adam and Eve. That's how loved you are. Jeremiah 31.3 says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Who is he speaking to? You. Do you believe him? There's neither Jew nor Gentile. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. Every one of them are for you. Every promise in the Bible is for you. He doesn't say, Jeremiah, no, you don't get to have that one. No, they're all mine. In Christ, they are all mine. I say that God has loved me with an everlasting love and he's drawing me to himself. He's drawing you to himself. John six thirty seven says, Jesus said, all that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Whoever comes, wherever they're coming from, he will not cast them out. If they want his son and his salvation, he will not cast them out. Point number two is this. What Jesus thinks about you is how you are valued. The value of you. He values you greatly. He values you beyond the, uh, your ability to even estimate. Just think about the people that we might not value ourselves. Just think about that for a minute. He even values them. An example, there's some current leaders in our country right now. I don't value very much. But you know what? God values them. I was even thinking about the time when Osama bin Laden, the SEALs, went and got him and took him out. I cheered and I was like, wow, another bad guy is not in this world. You know what? I was at odds with God. We don't celebrate over the death of someone or the loss of a life or someone that we dislike. What are we supposed to do? They are loved. They are valued just like you. God was not joyful the day that Osama bin Laden gave his life. Was taken out. God is not joyful when we think not too highly of other people. Because we're supposed to be what? Ambassadors of the kingdom. We're representing God. We're bringing God's kingdom alongside of people. We are to love and value every single individual around us. Yes, they have a choice. But it's not our job to push them away from that choice. Because who are you partnering with when you do push them away? You're not partnering with God's kingdom. I know that's a little harsh, but it's a reality. Because I'm guilty of it. There's times that people that I'm just like, I can't stand that person. I don't have any patience for that person at all. But God wants us to have patience for that person. God wants us to have love for that person and that value for for that person. You are so valued. Verse 46 says, the pearl of great price, valued." Jesus is communicating the great value of the lost sinner. Isn't it awesome to think? Think he, by his nature, he will not leave us lost. He came and provided a way through his son. You have to make that decision to follow his son. You have to make that choice. You know, if you say no to Christ, well, listen, you're going to continue down a path that you were born into is sin and ultimately death. I don't want you to go there. I want to partner with the kingdom to show you how much you are valued, how much you are loved. God, He's so amazing. John 17, how you are valued. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to the heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give, give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world. How much are you valued? You are valued so much that God will send his Son his only son. Think about that meaning meaning. It'd be like me asking sending my son for you. I don't know if I could give up my son for you. That'd be really hard. But God did it. God gave up his only begotten son for you. First Corinthians 6:19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you are bought at a price? In the parable, a man saw a treasure in the field and he bought it. A man saw a pearl of great price and he bought it. Jesus bought it. Jesus bought it at a great price with his life. He has redeemed you out of slavery, sin. Why? He does this so that he can get the precious thing, which is you. You are the precious thing. God sees that you are so valued. Shanita's story. Shanita is a coworker of mine. I probably shouldn't have used her name, but that's all right. She won't mind. <laughs> Anyways, I was sharing about this message to her. She's a really amazing Christian lady. Uh, she's one of our managers at the store. And this last year has been a tough year for her. And you know, she was one of the ones that had the severe COVID symptoms. You know, spent time in the hospital, the long recovery everything. And but she was telling me that customers and employees and stuff like that were just like how why are you still so happy? Why is there so much joy on you? And she says cuz they're like, you know, cuz she constantly is battling the fatigue still. But she was she was actually telling me actually in this last couple weeks the fatigue is finally lifted. But she says every day she gets up and she says, I get to do this with you, God. I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to partner with your kingdom. Even though I'm tired, I get to do this. Even though my feet hurt, I get to do this. I get to partner with the kingdom she has people well, come up why are you so happy they, they want to know where she's getting that joy she walks in that joy of that salvation that she has in Christ Jesus I get to do this so many times we've learned on our Wednesday night group we're teaching on relationship there's this part of the teaching that says a lot of times we say well maybe I can or I think I can or maybe i can do it no i get to do it i get to do it i get to partner with the kingdom of heaven i get to do it nobody's making you i can't make my uncle tommy do anything he has to choose for himself My wife can't make me do anything. It's only on my desire for my love for her that I choose to do things for her. It's all our choice. And that's what God's saying. You get to do it. You get to make a choice to follow me. You get to make a choice to choose my son. The pearl of great price. Isn't it sweet that in the book of Revelation that there are 12 gates in heaven that are made of solid pearl? Pearls. I got to wrap up here. Pearls come from oysters. Did you know that? (laughs) Uh, This first picture is a picture of an oyster. Uh, New York diner chomps on an oyster and finds pearls. The pearls were still in the oyster. And you know what? Oysters are some of the ugliest things on the planet. Uh, Here's uh, some pictures. A picture of some oysters here. Uh, to me, that doesn't look very appetizing, uh, but we like to make them look appetizing. That looks a little better, but still, I know some people that really like them, uh, Tyler. And, uh, and that's my sister's husband. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I-, I did my homework on oysters for this message, and like I said, they're one of the ugliest looking things on the planet. But where do you get pearls from? Have you ever seen an oyster? And we've showed those to you. You know what? There's pearls in every single person around us. We walk past people every day. And there are pearls inside each one of them. That's what Jesus sees. So a pearl is, is the only precious stone that comes out of what a living organism. Did you know that? A pearl is the only precious stone that comes out of a living organism. It's considered a precious stone. But a pearl comes from that living organism and secondarily. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my tongue got tied. Secondly, a pearl can only be formed by an oyster that has been affected with an impurity. Did you know that a pearl starts out with this impurity, this oyster's cruising along and something gets inside, a a contaminant. And can I just make a reference here, uh, analogy, uh, sin in our life affects our flesh. Where does this come from? It's in our spiritual DNA, the sin from the Garden of Eden. So an oyster starts, he's like, I got something in me. I don't like it. It's messing me up. I'm going to attack it. And it's, you know the oyster, what it does? The oyster starts attacking this contaminant. And it doesn't stop. The oyster converts the impurity by wrapping up the, the irritant with a secretion over and over and again in layers until it's no longer an irritant what is foreign is now dealt with so the same thing when you accept Christ into your life guess what the cool thing about Christ is you don't have to keep slathering it on Christ just goes let me take that irritant of sin Mm -hmm. He purchases it all, and it becomes immediately a pearl of great value. He takes that irritant of sin. So, anytime sin's given you a bad time, you can say, uh uh uh. Christ has made that into a pearl. What the enemy has meant for bad, he has taken and made it for good. In this room, there are actually two boxes that have pearls in them. Does anybody see those boxes right now? Michelle, do you see it? Why don't you come grab that one since you've seen it? Does anybody else see the other one? Yeah, Debbie, why don't you come up and grab that one? (laughs) Those have been sitting there the whole time. Did you notice them before? Michelle did. Yeah. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to pay attention because he's speaking to us all the time to bring the kingdom alongside people so that they can experience the kingdom of God and make that decision so the pearl of great price is brought forth in their life and they accept Christ. I gotta wrap up. Point four was what Jesus thinks about you is how you are welcomed. John 17 again, verse 23 Jesus and his high priestly prayers say, I and them, speaking to his father, I am them, and you and me. They may be made complete and perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Did you hear that? And you have loved them, us, as you, the Father, have loved me. You are welcomed. You are welcomed. Jesus is saying, you love me, Father, the same as you love them. The Father loves you the same as his Son. That's how precious you are. That's how precious you are. Point five. What Jesus thinks about you is how you are positioned. There's a treasure that he wants. There's a pearl that he wants. And it's, he wants to position you in his kingdom To reflect his glory to those around you. To bring the kingdom alongside those that are around you. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be, oh how happy is the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ's Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. Isn't that amazing? You're not running towards it. In Christ, you have it. And without blame before Him in love, you are without blame before God. And love, right now, the Bible says, God says you are before Him. In eternity, blameless. Right now, when you accept Christ, you are before him in eternity, blameless. That's your position. You are blameless. The the enemy has no power. Sin has no power or authority over you anymore. You are blameless before him. He has positioned you to be that light on the hill. To shine forth to those Who are around you. That they are also a special treasure. That they are also a pearl of great price. And that God has sent his savior for you. Just for you. To purchase you at a great price. Because you are loved. You are valued. In his kingdom. Romans 8.29. For... Whom he forsake in advance. He knows in advance. He knows the whole thing in advance based on his knowledge. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You are so beautifully positioned like a fine stone in a crown. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the first... Be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. He invited you. He's inviting you in. Who he called? Did he call you? Well, then, he also what? He justified you. And whom he justified? By the way we look, by the way we took away all claims against us. He took away all claims against us. Canceled the case in every way. These he also glorified. In the eternal mind of God. In the eternal mind of God. Based all of this. And in this basis of his foreknowledge. He sees us amazing right now. He sees you amazing right now. Even in all your mess. He sees you Amazing right now. You are the treasure. You are the pearl of great price. Let us pray. Father, you are so amazing. You are so good to us, Lord. We just praise you and thank you and worship you, Heavenly Father. You are the Lord and you are so good. May we go from this place today knowing that you see us in such a way that you, you left paradise, you left heaven to come down to this messed up ball, this, this messed up planet, my messed up life and in this messed up galaxy and you died uh, for me. You died for me. You gave it all for me. May I never stop praising you. May we never stop praising you and thanking you for what you have done for us. Thank you for showing me my value. I am a, a valued pearl, I am a valued treasure, and you gave it all just for me. I love you, Lord, and I thank you for my salvation, and I thank you for those that I get to partner with you and bring into your kingdom, Heavenly Father. In your name, amen, amen, amen. Amen.
1: Let's stand up. Thank you, Jeremiah. It's great to be a pearl, isn't it? So valued. It's Pat Daly here. Yeah. We're going to have a short blessing together before we dismiss. We join hands, even across the aisle. Let's join hands. You can wash your hands later. Don't worry. I know your friends' hands sweaty. Just let it go. They're a pearl. You know, it's Jesus Christ who is chasing you and insisting they lead you to green pastures and still waters and give you supernatural joy and peace and love. Jeremiah preached so well about that today. It's not complicated. All you have to do is say yes. Yes. And if you find yourself right now in a situation where you, you know, you're not, you're not promising God you're going to turn over another new leaf. But what you are is you're receiving a brand new life. And you're saying, Jesus, bring your supernatural life into me. Supernatural, born again, born from God, born from above experience. I can't promise you that I'm gonna be good the rest of my life. I I just wanna receive your love and get things started. I'm tired of trying to turn over a new leaf and it doesn't work. Will you indicate that, if that's you today, getting a fresh start or getting a the first time start with Jesus, an adventure with Jesus, will you just one time just squeeze the hand of the person next to you. And by that, you're telling somebody, I am starting with Jesus today. Will you do that? Or maybe you're getting a fresh start with Jesus today. You're saying, bring it on, Lord. I'm willing to be your pearl. That's what you're saying. And that person afterwards or in the next the next few days. They'll they'll help you to know more if you want to know more without pressuring you. Just do that, will you? Now, I just want to declare this over all of us right now. May the grace and undeserved favor, unmerited favor of Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you today and every day, forever. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Okay, you can let go of that hand. (laughs) If you'd like prayer for a miracle of healing, come on up front. We have a team ready to pray for you, for healing body, soul, or spirit. God bless you as you go. We love you. God loves you. Have a great rest of your day.